So here we are on Pentecost Sunday, gathered together to hear God's word and for the spirit to work in our life, to shape us, to form us and, and to change us. Um, and uh, as I was working on the sermon, as I was actually, uh, I was actually walking up and down uh, my driveway, meditating on this, uh, this passage from, from John, just kind of letting it rattle around in my brain and thinking about this idea of living water and, you know, an image like this, you know, comes to mind. I, I look to the side and I see this. Um, as you know, it's, it's been rainy and that is uh, uh, kind of the edge of my yard where it meets the driveway. And because we're on a hill, I let people get into the yard to turn around and, and that part has been kind of dug out and, uh, probably got some grass clippings in there and uh it's kind of green and gross and yesterday um when I drove the van in I hit it and I got out of the van I'm like what is that smell it stinks because there's you know it's 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 putrid and 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 nasty and and as I was walking around thinking about that and looking at that I was like what would happen if somehow miraculously there would be like a little spring that would come up in the bottom of that and water would start flowing into that fresh, clean water? All that green nastiness would get washed out and then you would have a a stream that kind of overflows, you know, clean water into other, other areas, which would be a problem if it happened at my house because, you know, coming right down the driveway and all that stuff. But... The image kind of struck me as I thought about Jesus talking about living water. Now, when Jesus had this conversation, he, you know, this, this speech that he made, he, he says that it was the last and greatest day of the feast. And we should probably ask ourselves, what feast is he talking about here? Well, there were three great feasts of the Old Testament that required every Jewish man uh, to come to Jerusalem. And the first is uh, Passover. And we know that that's when Jesus was crucified, was during Passover. Uh, This is actually during uh, the Feast of Booths, or the Feast of Tabernacles, it's also called. Um, This Feast of Tabernacles was a a, a fall harvest. It usually would take place kind of in our October time frame. And it was intended to be a a commemoration of the wandering in the wilderness. And so, you know, just kind of imagine the the people of Israel wandering in the wilderness and they're in the desert. You know, water was a big issue. And this this is what's on their mind. And Jesus gets up and he says, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, the scriptures has said out of his heart, that, that is the inner self, where, where, where you are most you, will flow rivers of living water. It's, it's a striking contrast. And John makes it clear, he's not talking about actual water. But he's talking about the spirit whom you know, those who believed in him were to receive. For as yet the spirit had not been given And did you notice when we read the gospel lesson why the Spirit had not yet been given? Because Jesus had not yet been glorified. And when is Jesus glorified? 
when he's lifted up on the cross to draw all people to himself. When he rises from the dead to defeat death on our behalf. When he ascends back up into heaven to take that that place of rulership at God's right hand. And so, you know, he's talking about the Holy Spirit coming and, and being delivered to us. The Spirit was already at work. It was creating faith. He was drawing people to Christ. He was enlightening those who, who received God's word to believe in Jesus. But he not yet been given to dwell with and in us as our, our comforter. That's one of the names of the Holy Spirit, the comforter. As, as our teacher to remind us of everything that Jesus had said, which is one of the things Jesus promised the, the Spirit would do. Or I like this one a lot too as our advocate, the one who, who kind of encourages and speaks on, on our behalf. And Jesus said this at this feast, and then he went about his ministry. And he went to the cross, and he was lifted up, and, and he died, and he atoned for our sins, and, and then he rose from the dead, and he is ascended, and, and he returns to the right hand of the Father, and, and, and now he reigns over all of creation, you know, and, and you know, he's been glorified. And then we read in Acts, when the day of Pentecost came, what's Pentecost. Well, Pentecost literally means like 50 days. Um, And it's 50 days after Passover. It's another Jewish feast. And it's another one of those three feasts that require everybody to come back. This one's called the Feast of Weeks. And the Feast of Weeks was a spring uh, um, festival. Takes place in the month of, um, let's think, May. And it celebrates the giving of the law. You know, when Moses went up on Mount Sinai and God gave him the tablets and he comes down, you know, it's the celebration of God giving the law to his people. And all these people are gathered there. And all of a sudden, there, there came from heaven a sound like a mighty wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting, and divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit. The Spirit was no longer just working on them. He was in them, working in and through them. And they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Well, what was, what was the content of that utterance? What was it that, that they were talking about, that the Spirit moved them to, to talk about? Was Jesus. They're, they're, they're talking about, about Jesus. And all these people who are gathered around hear them. You know, the Spirit comes to us to draw us to Jesus and to empower us to share Jesus, to give his life, his forgiveness, and his salvation. By faith to to everyone who will believe. That's the Spirit's work. And look look at who they spoke to that day. By the way, if you ever get asked to read on Pentecost, make sure you negotiate that contract carefully. 
Right, Lisa? Yeah. Yeah. Parthians, Medes, Elamites, Mesopotamians, Judeans, people of Cappadocia, Pontus and Pamphylia, Egypt, Libya, and Rome. Pretty much all kinds of people from the whole known world. And that's where the gospel is being proclaimed. They had come to Jerusalem for this feast, and it's going out to the whole world. Because these people are going to go home. And they're going to carry that message with them back to the parts of the world from which they came. And I, I, I need to give a little bit of a, a tangent here. Uh, because as I think about this image of Jesus being proclaimed to people of the whole world. And I think about what's going on in our country right now. With the, uh, the violence with the uh, injustice that has taken place at the hands of some of our our law enforcement officers. And and I I, I look at all of this and uh, the racism, and I can't help but think, here we are, people who believe that we are created. Created. Intentionally made. And that the idea of justice and reconciliation sits firmly on this idea that God made us. Made us with, (laughs) as an American, certain unalienable rights. Does that sound familiar? And that we weren't made in such a way that we should be mistreated by one another. But, but to be treated fairly and to have the things that we need for this body and life. And to be able to advocate for justice is a good thing as creatures. But also, also to recognize that our creator knew the brokenness of our relationship with him. And so he sends his son in a ministry of reconciliation, a ministry of reconciliation that he has entrusted to us. Because it, it, it's, it's more than I can live in a fair relationship with each other. We are called to be brothers and sisters in Christ. We are called to love our neighbor. And, and to, to have that ministry of, of reconciliation, I think it really flows heavily from this idea that, that we are created by God who loves us and who dwells with and in us by his spirit. And there will be no peace without justice. And there will be no justice without a mutual love for our neighbor. And for us, us who gather in Christ, in his death and resurrection, We recognize that relationship that we have with all people, but most especially right here with our brothers and sisters in Christ and the opportunity to be the peacemakers that Jesus says are blessed. And the Spirit is at work in us to deliver Jesus to people who is our peace. 
This time of Pentecost is it's really appropriate for what's going on in the world. Now, in that first Pentecost, you know, people are like, you know, look, they're drunk, you know, because I've noticed that when I drink heavily, I can speak in foreign languages. <laughs> what are they thinking? That's ridiculous. And he's like, no, 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 they're not drunk. It's only nine in the morning. Let me tell you what's going on. He, he, he said, this is fulfilling the prophecy from Joel, one of the prophets. And at the end of this prophecy, his point is that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone, the whole world, all people saved. But saved from what? Saved from God's judgment. Saved from his wrath. And so if you, if you go back and you read Acts 2, and you read through that, that whole sermon that, that Peter preached that day, and, and I encourage you to do that. Um, Peter's going to, in the very next verse after our reading, start talking about Jesus. That's what the Spirit does. He brings us to Jesus. And as he's talking about Jesus, he talks about him as the one who was crucified for us. He talks about him as the one who was raised from the dead. The one who the Lord said would save, has saved. And by the end, the people, they're, they're cut to the heart by what Peter is telling them. And they ask, what shall we do? And Peter replies, repent and be baptized, every one of you, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The same gift that they had just received is now given to all of us in baptism. Repent and be baptized, he tells them, in the name of Jesus. And we're back to water and the Spirit. I find it interesting that in our, our readings today, we have a, a couple of different images for the Spirit. Um, living water, a mighty rushing wind, uh, tongues of flame. You know, these three things, they're powerful. They purge. They wipe things away. They're kind of they're amorphous. Are you watching this flame? It's kind of all over the place. What's the shape of water? Whatever you put it in. What's the shape of the wind? It just kind of goes where it will and does what it does. So it's all kind of mysterious. You know, we don't always see or understand how or where the Spirit is working. But He's always purifying always empowering. He's empowering us to follow Jesus, to cling to his promises, to live the life of faith. But he's also empowering us to share the gospel, to introduce people to Jesus, to proclaim Christ crucified, risen, and ascended, and present with us now by his Holy Spirit and coming again.
You have living water bubbling up in you, cleansing those little puddles that are your sinful self and overflowing to bring life, Jesus' life, to the people around you. Amen.